0: Hi, I'm Sharon Davis, and this is the Young Enterprise Enterprising Mindsets podcast. My guest today is Helen Waldron. She's one of the founders of the award-winning baby and child brand Cuddle Dry. In 2006, inspired by the experience of bathing their own children, Helen and a university friend, Polly Marsh, invented the Cuddle Dry hands-free towel to help parents bathe babies safely and easily. They launched the brand later that year and took the product onto BBC Dragons Den in 2007, where they were received Three offers of investment, which they opted to decline. Cuddle dry towels and the wider range they developed sell through leading UK retailers and uh, around the globe and the products and businesses have won over 100 awards. Helen has also got a marketing consultancy and now shares her passion for enterprise with emerging new businesses, assisting them in launch and development phases. Both businesses have been run on a flexible working basis for all team members and focus on sustainable and carbon neutral approaches. Being an entrepreneur has meant that Helen has been able to work flexibly and yet effectively throughout her three children's early years. Helen, we're proud to say is a YA alumna. Helen, welcome to Enterprising Mind. Mindset. hi Sharon it's lovely to have you uh, talk to us today so we're gonna settle straight in and uh, first question is one that we ask all of our guests so what does an enterprising mindset mean to you personally
1: well for me personally an enterprising mindset is um, it's really a way of thinking and believing but most of all of doing I think I think the term entrepreneurial spirit, which we hear quite often, is is part of it as well. Having the spirit and the drive to believe in your own ideas and to actually act upon them, whether that's whilst you're in employment or whether it is when you're creating your own enterprise. It's about innovating, coming up with ideas and then taking the steps to make change happen. An enterprising person is one who can, can make changes happen in any setting or part of their life to be honest it's not necessarily for me all about making money it's a behavior and I think it it simply involves turning ideas into reality um, to make something better
0: so going back into the start of uh, of the journey, and you started Cuddle Dry back in two thousand and six when you were pregnant with your second child. Is that right? That's right. Yes. Yeah. So t- so tell us what gave you the inspiration.
1: Truthfully, I would say Cuddle Dry actually started much much earlier than that. Right back when I was a child, back in my teens, when I was first started creating my own little enterprises. I always seemed to have something on the go, whether it was sort of making and selling things. Uh, I ran like a pet service, did all sorts of things. Um, And then I went on and did Young Enterprise myself at school where the the advisors listened to our crazy ideas, which I think all just gave me that inspiration to be able to turn something into a reality. Um, But the real trigger for me for starting Cuddle Dry was years and years and many, many jobs later when I had my children Myself and Polly realised that we weren't the only new parents who were struggling um, to safely lift our babies up from the bathwater. It's a real juggling act. You end up trying to hold a towel under your chin and you get soaked. Um, Baby can get upset and it can just be really stressful. So we searched for a product that would help with that. And at that time, literally nothing else existed. So we just decided that we'd give it a go. We didn't have any product development experience. We certainly couldn't sew. (laughs) And we didn't have any manufacturing contacts, but we we knew we had a good idea and we had the drive to go for it. So we asked literally anyone who would listen to us, who had any knowledge, if they would help us. And then we just listened and listened and listened to other people until we'd kind of gathered all that knowledge they had and we'd figured out what we had to do. so we designed and created what's called the original cuddle dry, hands-free baby bath towel. It's now won hundreds of awards, as you've mentioned, and it's sold all around the world. Um, but we designed it literally using some old sheets and a couple of teddy bears. It was that simple.
0: And sometimes I guess invention is the mother of necessity, isn't it? So um, it was you, you actually fulfilled a need, which is what a lot of entrepreneurs do, some of the best entrepreneurs. Yeah look to fulfill a need. And actually looking at um, female entrepreneurship and barriers to female entrepreneurship, the Rose Review found that for female entrepreneurs with children, primary care responsibilities are the number one barrier to further business success. And uh, I think the survey stated, the report stated 46% of female parent entrepreneurs identified it as a very important or important barrier. What's your view on this as a female founder who had young children, two young children, at the time of starting your business?
1: I would never pretend to anybody that's starting and building a business when you're caring for a two-year-old and a baby and then during the course of our business I had our third child um, and Polly also has three young children um, all of whom were p- produced whilst we were setting up Cuddle Dry um, I'd never pretend it was easy but I do think that we need to find ways to view our children or our caring responsibilities as an opportunity, not a barrier. I know that I'm certainly not alone in recognising that when I had my first baby, my productivity accelerated literally overnight because your use of time is totally changed after the birth of children. Um, I think as a parent, you learn efficiencies you'd never have dreamed of before when your time was completely your own. Suddenly, you can cook a meal whilst you're rocking a child to sleep and simultaneously checking your emails. Um, And I don't mean that flippantly. I think parent entrepreneurs should really recognise this and value it and, and channel it into enterprise. However, there's always a however, isn't there? There are also demands on your time as a parent or primary carer which really can make it tough um, and stressful at times when you're starting out um or growing a business and i think the toughest of all i would say are those unplanned for times when someone you're caring for might be let's say unwell um or needs your support and and the business simply does have to come second Um, that can also apply during pregnancy you know if you if you had any issues during pregnancy, you just have to take time for yourself. Um, I don't think there's an easy answer to this and the solution is going to vary from person to person depending on their situation. In the Rose Review it also talks about um, women being twice as likely as men to mention family responsibilities as a barrier to starting business. And I thought about this, and I think there are two levels at which this can be addressed to help, you know, with the points I've, I've already said. Firstly, from a, a practical and a financial point of view, because those are always going to be the biggest worries. The parent and carer entrepreneurs need to be able to somehow contingency plan or to react in some way when those unplanned for times occur and there's just not enough time available to pursue what you need to do with your enterprise so childcare, respite care is is obviously one route and funding support for that specific to parent or carer entrepreneurs and um, again as mentioned in the rose review and in the recommendations relief somehow from the pressure of loans or funding repayments Or other outgoings if possible at times when a break from the business or just scaling back for a while might might become necessary I just think that would give parents that safety net that that we need so that we can confidently drive the business forward and I I actually think in practice it may be that these things really may not need to be used but just knowing that that provision could be there and being able to properly build it into your business plan plan ahead for it rather than just worry about it and see it as a barrier um would be fantastic really
0: great and you mentioned before about actually there are opportunities here for women who are Either the primary care responsibilities, whether that be parents or siblings as partners, not just barriers. So there are opportunities with some of the flexibility of time you might have. So do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Because I think just sharing some of that might help really respond to some of the barriers that have been identified around primary care responsibilities.
1: Yes. Well, I would say taking Cuddle Dry as an example, um, we have been able to, and I, th- I think the whole COVID situation actually has brought some positive learnings to light. More and more businesses are being run flexibly around all the other demands of your life and run from home. You know, we're all working from home at the moment. Cuddle Dry has always been run from home. We made an active decision. We, we, sort of early on in the business I think you can often feel like oh I must have an office and I must have a warehouse you know with our particular type of business and um, Polly and myself actually I can vividly remember going to view a warehouse and we were all very excited about it it was halfway between where we each live in Somerset um, equal traveling distance and you know we're about to sign on the dotted line and then we both drove away and we had both independently, by the time we got home, concluded that it just wasn't necessary because it was a 30 minute drive for each of us to get there. 30 minutes back. That's an, you know, that's an hour of working time during the day. And there are other fantastic businesses being run to whom you can outsource for so many different aspects. So warehousing is just one example. Flexible working is, is just such a real thing. Nowadays, we've been able to employ whoever we've wanted, the perfect person for the job, regardless of geography, throughout our business. And as parents, we have been able to flex our work around the needs of our families. So whether that means you spend your day with your kids and work at night or as your kids get older, if you want to attend something at their school and make sure you're supporting your kids and then work at a different time. It's all doable. It's, it's, it's an and, opportunity.
0: And it's inter- really interesting that you mentioned outsourcing there as a sort of possible way of becoming even more flexible as a business. Um, that's something that increasingly is becoming more accessible, whether or not you're outsourcing HR or, or elements of your accounting, etc. Could you only just give us you know, maybe an example of how you've made outsourcing work for you?
1: Oh, gosh, so many. Um, I mean, we actually, we're a tiny team. But over the years, our team has expanded. And we because we don't always employ, we often outsource. So we have team members who, let's uh, give you an example. So we have um, a lovely girl who's worked with us for many years. I have never met her in person because she lives in Northern Ireland um, and she helps us with our social media and some of our graphics. Um, She's very talented and she works flexibly around, she's got one young child and she's pregnant at the moment. She does a certain number of hours for us, but she brings us that expertise. We have a great working relationship. It doesn't matter that
0: we've never even met.
1: uh, That's
0: a fantastic example. And is that pre-COVID as well?
1: Yes, it was. Yeah.
0: Fantastic example. And I guess, I mean, you'll know, being a YE alumna, that um, we have thousands of young women now who uh, just right now are either starting or running their young enterprise um, business. Um, But there are other young women out there. The thought of founding a business um, is just not accessible as a concept, you know, never mind a possibility. So what made you believe it was possible? And what could we perhaps learn from that?
1: Well, I think I was fortunate in that I grew up with um, my father running his own business. And to be honest, I never knew anything about his business. But to me, it was was just... What was his business? He was um, a building surveyor. Because he did that, to me, it was an option. You know, I knew that it was a choice that people could make to run their own business so i i really think you know we have to educate young people about enterprise so it's it's just considered something normal an achievable option and an option for anyone anybody regardless of background situation because there is structure there is support to make it accessible um i think it needs to start primary school so that It's always there, and it's something that is just never considered unattainable, so that children, young women all know that this is just one of the options to consider. Um, Funnily enough, I did...
0: I absolutely agree with that, as uh, particularly when you think about the current situation and those sectors that are being disproportionately impacted, that young people's opportunities are are very often being disproportionately impacted, and that I guess some of those job roles that um, might have been quite accessible are no longer there to to be able to walk into. So the, there's a very real opportunity here to consider entrepreneurship um, Definitely. as a you know, as a, as a way forward. So yeah, so I absolutely yeah. agree.
1: I think, you know, COVID's changed things so significantly. And, um, you know, enterprise is now actually a really necessary choice for many people. And rather than viewing that as a negative thing, I think it should be celebrated and most importantly, supported. The job market is, is decimated. And so actually taking the choice to start up you know, now is the time, um, but it does need to be qualified with funding, with mentoring, support. Or, understandably, it won't feel like a realistic choice for for most people. But there's structures like Young Enterprise, like others, like the Prince's Trust, this, the, and others. They are there, and um, you know, our government should be providing, I think, increased funding to be delivered via the existing networks. Because there's, not, there's no need to start completely from scratch. You know, so much of the learning's been done. You look at a company like, like ours at Cuddle Dry. We've already launched our business. We've already made loads of mistakes. And we share that with others because why start from the beginning and make those mistakes again? We can help a new entrepreneur with their business and share what we've learned, the pitfalls and the, and the positives then you can help somebody really jump forward.
0: How how do you do that? How do you share that?
1: Well, we, you know, over the years, we've been part of all sorts of networks. um, And uh, I would say the best one I'm I'm in at the moment is literally an Instagram group. It happens to be all women, but groups do not have to be all women at all. Um, And we are all in our own sector, Uh, In this particular group. And we just put questions up. We share information about contacts. We even just go on and have a bit of a moan if it's a tough day or a customer's been (laughs) been nasty. You know, it's it's um, a way of sharing information. And it just means that you You don't have to spend those hours struggling and battling to learn something from scratch. The information is out there. There's so many people running businesses that, um, you know, you can learn from others, especially in those early days when you're building up the basic structures and your business plan. Um, And uh,
0: the Rose Review highlights that, doesn't it? The importance mm. of networks, the importance of relatable role models. Um, And as part of Young Enterprises entrepreneurship programmes, thousands of young women starting their own student businesses. Many alumni are keen to keep going with their entrepreneurial ideas. Clearly, we want to help them build that confidence and awareness of the skills and mindset to make the most of opportunities. So given the climate that we're in right now, the positivity you've talked about, what tips would you give young women who are considering starting a business right now?
1: I think when things change like they have recently and can be tough um, with a business you've just started or you're thinking about starting, training is usually the last thing you think of. But it's something we've learned is that when it's your own enterprise, you can pivot really quickly and adapt to a new scenario. And we have found that doing a few some snippets, it doesn't need to be hours that take up your time, but snippets of online training, which is available so readily and often free, can equip you really quickly with new skills that you need to make changes. So you can just do things slightly differently, look sideways and, and find a new way. Um, I mean, at Cuddle Drive, for example, when COVID hit, We lost a huge proportion of our retail sales with the shops closed. And then um, the live events, we do these big events every year. They were all cancelled. A huge part of our annual income and promotion were literally gone overnight. But we switched almost instantly to a a 100% e-commerce approach. We did some training in improving our email marketing and, and linking that with social media promotion. And it's been a revelation um really I mean, don't yeah, have yeah you have some good results yeah it's been fascinating we've done better in fact and so we are reviewing our business plan you know we need to reassess how we do things going forward um so i would say you know don't whatever you do decide to shelve your ideas because now is a time of opportunity there's more people online than ever before there's, there's new needs that have emerged and, and new ways of doing things. You might listen to me and say, yeah, but I was about to open a coffee shop. How can I do that? I would say even with something like that, look sideways, find an alternative, you know, become the new coffee takeaway in your area. D- come up with a delivery service, come up with a subscription service. You know, there are, there are different routes now to, a go- to your goal uh, and it, it may, like we've found, actually end up being far better than you had originally imagined.
0: I love that. I love that look sideways um, piece of advice. That's that's brilliant. We've also got some questions directly from young women who are currently running student businesses because they wanted to ask female entrepreneurs. So are you ready?
1: Yes, go for it.
0: Right. I guess the first one I want to ask is is, what, what kept you going when you felt you reached an insurmountable problem? Right,
1: that's a really good question. I think that it has been a very positive thing for me personally to be working in partnership with Polly. And I do think that there is huge value, not necessarily in having a business partner, but certainly in having somebody, whether it's a mentor, or a support group like I've, I've spoken about before, where you can share the problem, bounce ideas. As soon as you talk about something that seems insurmountable, even just airing that is the first step. And then if you can get responses back from somebody else or a group of others, then you can very quickly see ways around things. It goes back to the sort of looking sideways. If there's a wall in front of you, there's, there's always a way to climb over it or get around the edge somehow if you look far enough. And we have certainly learned that just talking to others, asking others is the best way to deal with those situations where it, it, at times in, in business, you do have that. Things go wrong. Things fail. Things seem insurmountable. But you can get through it, but just never be afraid to ask for support. You do not have
0: to do it all by yourself. And it just struck me there when you talked about walls and uh, I can't remember who it was that, that kind of gave me this advice, but they kind of said to me, just if you kind of hit a wall, just kind of take a few steps back, get your breath back. Definitely. Really s- just stand off from the wall for a little bit and just yes. think about possible ways around it. So your point is, is, is beautifully made there. My next question from, um, from a young woman was uh, an interesting one in terms of what was your biggest regret and what did it teach you? I would never use the word regret. I'd almost rather
1: use what was your biggest failure. Mm-hmm. And and it, it's interesting. I think mindsets, are ba- going back to the enterprising mindset, um, you know, if you talk to... American entrepreneurs they believe that failure is part of the journey and uh, I know Peter Jones uh, you know one of our famous entrepreneurs in the UK he certainly would say the same you know until you failed multiple times and learned how to get over it it's almost like a qualification for being a good entrepreneur we have had significant failures with our business is there one that you'd want to
0: share that you've found the most learning from
1: The one that just comes into my mind would be where we had, and it actually wasn't our own fault, but we had a whole manufacturing shipment which failed um, its quality testing. So it was deeply stressful. We're talking tens of thousands of products. And we had to deal with that situation. And it was relatively early in the business, probably in about year two. And, you know, we found a way around it. But I can remember how utterly appalling that felt, you know, the realisation that that had happened. And like you say, step back, breathe, and then address the problem. And then you come through it and you're so much stronger for it because what we've learned over the years of running Cuddle Dry, when there is a problem that seems insurmountable, it no longer causes us stress. It is something you just take a practical approach to and you take a step-by-step approach and you deal with it and you move on.
0: And, it's, and as you've just described there, it's part of the journey is what you're saying. It that, is. That, it, yeah.
1: it is. And almost try and view it as a positive thing, although it doesn't feel like it at the
0: time. At the time. I'm sure it didn't when it came to tens of thousands of, of shipments. No,
1: no. Because then, you know, the, the financial fear... Is, is very real.
0: I guess as we move in towards the, the end of the interview, I mean, it'd be great just to hear just a couple of practical takeaways that you perhaps wish someone had shared with you when you were younger and considering running a business.
1: Yes. Now, the first of those is what's called the good enough principle, which Polly and I have really learned from. I think, you know, when you are an entrepreneur, it's your own thing. It Your, your business is like your own baby and you take immense pride in it and I think most entrepreneurs will tend to be perfectionists but over the years we have learned that you just have to do the best you can and look at what you're creating whether it's a piece of work or a service or whatever it might be. Um, A silly practical example of this actually is our uh, with Cuddle Dry we would set up our exhibition stand and we did a we've done hundreds of shows over the years and the first time we did it oh my goodness we were there till the dead of night like cleaning the stand making it absolutely perfect and these days you know it still looks just as good nobody notices but we do it super quickly and then we get to go home and (laughs) it's you know you have to apply that in your head to your work and think right before i send this email is it good enough Yes. And then you can send it and then you've got time to get on and do other things rather than agonising over detail. The second thing, and I think this is really important because for young women starting out in business now, it is frightening at any point because you're taking a risk. With Cuddle Dry, we have uh, always employed risk management. And, you know, I know in the Rose Report, sometimes this is viewed as a, a less positive thing in relation to women, but... I think it can be used as a as a positive. There are really clever and simple ways that you can protect yourself and your business when you're taking those first steps. For example, that uh, that whole story I told earlier about the warehouse, you know, we sort of just felt that that you had to do that. And as I've explained, you know, we really didn't, and that really minimized the risk for us because we weren't committing all the funds to it that we had to um and secondly with the homeworking you know we our business has never had the overheads that an office would require um and means that we've got this great team with hatter in ireland and suzanne up in bolton and people all over the place without taking you know really huge long-term risks so you can you can protect your outgoings whilst still being a really strong entrepreneur and scaling up your business.
0: My last question to you is what's next?
1: Interestingly, and and just to jump back actually to set this slightly in context, um, I think Going back to talking about barriers, there's one other barrier that really needs addressing with women in business. The Rose Report talks about how women um, who were interviewed were quite reluctant to share details about childcare. I had a chat with my own 17-year-old daughter, who was a baby at the start of this, um, and uh, her response, so I was talking to her about the the kind of psychological barrier in uh, amongst women to starting out in business um, particularly when they are a parent and she said I thought very cleverly even if both members of a couple or single parent are forward thinking and feminist inherent gender roles often still remain because they are embedded in societal beliefs and in my rather less eloquent words I think it is important to acknowledge that uh, the mum guilt is very real. I think women can still feel very judged if they work and feel judged if they don't work. And a lot of that they put on the, you know, we put that on ourselves. It's not necessarily true. And for me, I would say that putting my children into childcare did it definitely felt like it went against my maternal instincts, but I also loved being me, being my working self when they were there. Um, we sort of want to be both people, but there just aren't enough hours in in each day to do it. So I think as women, we need to release ourselves from this barrier. We need to commit to enterprise, and we need to be proud and not feel guilty. Um, we need to really take control and shape how we do it, so we get the best of both worlds and use all that flexibility that we can apply. You know, nobody can tell you that you must put your baby in childcare but nobody can judge you if you do. Um, And as my kids have grown up, I've realised that what I do hasn't made them feel like they've missed out on my time at all. They respect me as a businesswoman. And all three of my kids have this inbuilt belief that they could run their own business. They don't question it. Hmm. So I feel no mum guilt now, not at all. That's wonderful. And actually, you know, the what next... As they are now older, we're really gonna scale things up. So watch this space.
0: Watch this space for Cuddle Dry. Yes. Helen, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for your honesty, your fresh perspectives and insights. It's been wonderful to talk to you, thank you.
1: Likewise, thank you, Sharon.
0: Enterprising Mindsets is a podcast brought to you by Young Enterprise. If you'd like to hear more, please do subscribe via your favorite podcast app.